0: Pastor Paul, and welcome to everyone. We've had so much this morning, haven't we? So much to thank the Lord for, so many blessings, and we've had the blessing of God's Word. So many messages of encouragement and messages to uplift us all. Even at the very beginning, when Pastor Paul read from Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, an ever present help in time of trouble. And indeed, we are going through troubled times, difficult times. It's almost a year now since we had our first lockdown last March, and so much has changed in our circumstances, in our situations since then. Life seems to have changed beyond all recognition, but God has kept us throughout, through every situation and through every circumstance. Many have been bereaved through COVID. Many have suffered through COVID. Many have recovered well, but others are still suffering from the consequences. It's almost as if the world has been turned upside down. But yet, God indeed is our refuge and strength. He is indeed an ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Fear is not our portion. So going forward, what is necessary for us as Christians to deal with our circumstances in the coming days? I will suggest three things. The word of God, faith, and the ability to endure. Paul writing to his son in the faith, Timothy says, Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering, and doctrine. So in difficult times, in season, out of season, we ought to preach the word and we ought to receive the word for our encouragement and for our guidance. Paul in Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I pray today as we, we will hear according to the spirit and our faith will increase and be activated. Also our Lord in Matthew 24, speaking of the end time says, but he, she, that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So this is not a time for giving up. This is a time for enduring. And those who endure to the end, they are the ones who will be saved. So be encouraged. God has a word for you today to encourage you to keep going in these difficult times. My main text is taken from Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14. We look at other scriptures, but that will be our main portion of scripture. And I'm going to read it first, and then we'll look into God's word and see what he has to say to us, and for us. This is Paul speaking. We heard much about Paul earlier, didn't we, in the book of Acts. And this is what he says, Philippians 3.12. Not that I've already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. So this is our message today. By God's grace, it will encourage you to press on in these difficult times. Verse 12. Paul says, not that I have already obtained all this. What is he speaking about? What is the All this. If we go back to Philippians 3, 7 to 11, we'll find out what Paul is referring to. I've picked five things out. These are the things that Paul is referring to that he says he has not already obtained. Number one, the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Two, the righteousness that comes by, from God and is by faith. Three, the power of Christ's resurrection. Four, the fellowship of sharing in Christ's sufferings. And five, the resurrection from the dead. Paul says that he has not already obtained all this. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. In Paul's opinion, he was still in the process of being made perfect. That is the process of sanctification. Hebrews 6.1 tells us, let us go on unto perfection, that is unto maturity. We're all in the process of being made perfect. We're all going through this same process of sanctification. However far down this road, this way of being sanctified you are, we are all going through the same process. So we neither look down on another or envy another person. God is working in all of us to sanctify us and to make us holy. Hebrews 10.14 tells us, by one sacrifice, he, that is Jesus, has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That is, those who are being made sanctified. It is a process and it becomes and is realised in Christ because of his sacrifice. He is making us perfect we're not making ourselves perfect we're not sanctifying ourselves it's god who does the work in us but paul says he's not satisfied with things as they are with life as it is he wants to press on to keep developing to keep maturing he wants to experience more of god He says he hasn't already obtained all this. He's pressing on. He wants the transforming power of God to become more effective in his life. How about you? Can you say the same? Do you also want the transforming power of God to become more effective in your life? Paul says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So why did Christ Jesus take hold of Paul? What does Paul mean about What does he mean? I'll suggest two things. First of all, that Paul might know Christ. That is relationship. These are the things for which Christ Jesus took hold of Paul, referring to relationship. The surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That I might again Christ and be found in him. Paul says, I want to know Christ. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. If you remember the occasion when Paul was on the road to Damascus, on his way to persecute the Christians there, and Jesus met him on the road. And Jesus said to him, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? And Paul said, who are you, Lord? Paul was unaware of who he was really dealing with. He didn't know Christ. He thought he was on a mission serving God. But he didn't know the Christ of God. So Paul said, who are you, Lord? So Christ took hold of him so that Paul could say that I might know Christ. That's why the Lord took hold of Paul, so that he might have a relationship with his Lord. And the second reason, I think, that the Lord took hold of Paul was to appoint Paul as an apostle to the church. That was his ministry. So the Lord took hold of Paul for relationship and for ministry. And notice, when the Lord arrested Paul on the road to Damascus and Paul was thrown to the ground, the Lord said to Paul in Acts nine, three to six, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. No just the Lord didn't say, Oh, poor Paul, you've had quite a shock. Take two or three weeks off and recover. The Lord said, No, come on, Paul, get up. There's work to be done. Go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. So Paul went into the city and Paul had spoken to a disciple called Ananias. And the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings. And before the people of Israel, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Did you get that? In ministry for Christ, suffering is involved. And from the very beginning, the Lord said, I must show him how much he must suffer for my name. This is the reason, this is the purpose for which Christ Jesus took hold of Paul. To carry his name, that is his message, before the Gentiles and their kings and to carry his name, that is his message before the people of Israel. And in doing this, in completing this, suffering would be Paul's constant companion. How's it with you? in pursuing your ministry, are you aware that suffering will also be your constant companion? But what does Paul say? What does Paul do? How does he respond? Is he discouraged? Is he disheartened? No. This is what he says, he says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So as with Paul, so with us, we've also been taken hold of by Christ, that we might know Christ, be in relationship with him and that we might serve Christ, be in ministry for him and to him. So, what has Christ taken hold of you for? Are you pressing on to take hold of it? Are you pursuing it with all of your heart? Verse 13 of Philippians 3, Paul says, brothers, sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. That is that which Christ has taken hold of Paul for. He doesn't consider yet that he's taken hold of it. Can you see his humility, his perception? It takes a humble person to realize that they have yet to fully embrace, yet to completely take hold of those things for which Christ has taken hold of them for. Now, Paul had so many advantages that he could have been proud of. His Jewish heritage. His relationship with Christ, his ministry. Apostle. Yet he realized that there was so much more for him to experience, to obtain, to gain in Christ. So he refused to settle for less. How about you? Do you settle for less in your relationship with Christ? In your ministry for Christ? Are you still pressing on towards the goal? We need to check ourselves. Have we settled for mediocrity? Have we stopped pressing forward? Has the Christian life for us become boring and predictable? Consider that. Today, is the day for that to stop. Today is the day for that to change. So then, what is the answer? What is the solution? Paul tells us, he says, verse 13, brothers, sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, pressing on towards the goal. Remember, taking hold of it refers to those things for which Christ has taken hold of Paul. Sometimes it's good to evaluate the past as Christians, and sometimes it's good to take stock of the present. But there also comes a time when I must forget what is behind, that which is past and look forwards to that which is ahead, that which is to come, that which is future. Whatever the past has been, whether good or bad, I cannot change it. So don't get bogged down in the past. If you keep looking backwards, You can't go forwards. No one goes forwards by looking backwards. Don't let your past destroy your future. God will and has dealt with your past. So it's time to move on, move into your future with God. God has so much for you to experience and so much more for you to enjoy in him. So be like Paul. Forget what is behind and strain towards that which is ahead. But notice the phrase straining towards what is ahead. This means it will take effort and it will take endurance. God hasn't called us to an easy ride. He's called us. To a way of effort. And a way of endurance. He has a work for each one of us to do. And Paul says we must strain towards that which is ahead. You see, I, we, must strive to take hold of, to embrace those things for which God has called us to take hold of. God always has an eye in the future. God is always preparing for the future. I'm not the parent, but if you're a parent, with with your children, especially when they're young, you're always preparing and planning for their future. A parent always has their eye on the future for the sake of their children, and God is no different. God always has plans for our future. God always prepares for our future. So we must always be looking ahead for that future that God has planned for each of us and we must always be striving to take hold of that future. So since God has a future prepared for us and a plan for each of us, we must strive to take hold of it. Paul continues, Philippians 3.14, pressing on towards the goal. Paul says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. He says, I press on towards the goal. I keep going. I don't give up. So what is the goal, what is the aim, what is the purpose? It's to win the prize. There's a prize for each of us who will endure to the end. So keep going, don't give up. Endurance is necessary. And what is that prize? Well, before we come to what that prize might be, let's remember the words of the Lord that he gave in Matthew 25. Remember the parable of the talents when he gave the talents to each of the five, each of the three servants, should I say, five, three, and one talent. And at the end, the first two who had put their master's talent to work the Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. And sometimes I think because we're so familiar with these scriptures, we can take them for granted. But what a marvellous thing to hear from our Lord. Even before we receive any prize, to hear his words of commendation. Well done, good and And faithful servant. I think if I hear that. I don't need anything else. But there's more. God has more for each of us. In Timothy. 2 Timothy 4. 6 to 8. Paul says. That he has. Fought the good fight. He's run the race. He's kept the faith. And therefore, there's a crown of righteousness stored up, reserved for him. And he says, not for me only, but for all those who long his, the Lord's appearing. So in heaven, there's a crown of righteousness stored up, reserved for each one of us. And that is the prize, the goal that we strive towards. And there's a crown for each of us. You won't have to share anyone else's crown. There's one reserved for each one of us. So Paul says, Philippians 3.14, I press on towards the goal to win the prize. Before we win the prize, before we receive the prize, we must keep pressing on. Acts 14, 21 to 22. Let's just turn to that quickly. This is Paul and Barnabas speaking on their travels. They're in the city of Derby, Acts 14, 21. It says, they preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples, And encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And they said we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Isn't that interesting? They want to strengthen the brothers. And this is what they say. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Does that sound very encouraging to you? (laughs) I wonder if those disciples found that encouraging. But, you know, it's the only way to get to the kingdom of God is through many hardships. And Paul certainly knew what he was talking about, because he was a man who went through many hardships before he entered the kingdom of God. Psalm 3419 says, a righteous man, a righteous woman may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. So Paul certainly knew what it meant to press on towards the goal, to win the prize. And this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 29. I won't go through it all, but you may be familiar with it. I'll just read the first few lines. Starting from verse 23. Paul says, I have worked much harder. Now that's an understatement, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, But exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews, 40 lashes minus one. And he goes on, beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, constantly on the move, in danger from bandits, his own countrymen, from the Gentiles, endangering the city, endangering the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers labored, toiled, gone without sleep, hungered, thirst, gone without food, cold, naked. In verse 28, besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is letting to sin? And I do not inwardly burn. Paul says, I have worked harder. That's certainly true. But it's worth it, because there is a goal to reach, and there is a prize to gain. So keep going, keep pressing on, keep straining to what is ahead, pressing on towards the goal. Back to Philippians 3.14. Paul says, I press on towards the goal. To win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Perhaps we may not have realised this as we've been reading through. As Paul has been speaking to us. But this call to press on isn't really a call from Paul. The call to press on towards the goal to win the prize comes from God. This is a divine call, it's not of human origin. And the call of God always calls me heavenwards, it's always a high calling. It calls me out of my earthly considerations and out of earthly matters. It calls me into eternal, that is, heavenly considerations and heavenly matters. So God is calling you heavenly. He wants you to refocus. He wants you to change your direction so that you might answer call, But all of this, this pressing towards the goal to win the prize, this call heavenwards, which comes from God, can only be realised, only be accomplished in Christ Jesus. Only those who are in Christ Jesus can answer this call. So today... Let's decide, let's be determined to keep pressing on towards the goal, to win the prize. Let each of us recognise that indeed it is a heavenly calling, a divine calling that calls us heavenwards. So let's remain in Christ Jesus because as as we do that, we will be able to fulfil our heavenly calling and to gain the prize which is given to all those who endure. God bless you. Amen.